0: That's where a lot of people go go bad with a pup. They throw them in a pen and just throw feed to them every day. And to me, you got to make a connection with them. Some guys don't agree with me on that, but I think you got to have a good bond with a dog.
1: It's real simple, I think, with a pup, and a lot of people don't understand it. when a pup is ready to start, it will start. You can't force a pup to start, and you can't force a pup to treat. It has to do it on its own. Welcome to the Stark Outdoors podcast. I'm your host, Clayton Stark, and today's podcast episode is actually episode seven. And earlier last week, I went and got together with Birchell Davis. He had a nice 10-month-old young dog that was starting to tree. He wanted me to hunt, so I'll be hunting that dog for him and just keeping Bertil updated on what's going on. He's already treed quite a bit of coon with him, but Frogger's been such a good reproducer. He keeps Bertil and a lot of good young dogs, so he doesn't have time to hunt them all. And I was actually lucky enough to get my hands on one to take it hunting and while i went down there to pick up that dog we decided to sit down and do a podcast for you guys but before we get into the interview don't forget i'm having my christmas special that debuts on christmas day and if you want to be featured in that video with your family christmas card or picture of you and your family and your kids in the outdoors doing what we all love make sure you get those sent my way because time's running out it'll be christmas before you know it i've already got tons and tons of people submitted pictures to me and i'm really looking forward to sharing that with you all and one last thing before we get into the interview i'd like to thank my sponsors I'd like to thank Big Dog Lights, and remember if you're going to be getting a Big Dog Light from Big Dog, you can use code STARK10 to save some money with your purchase. I also want to thank DogTruff. If you're going to get a new dog or Pathfinder tracking system, you can use code STARK5 to save some money. I'd also like to thank Gundog House Doors. I'd also like to thank Conky's Hound Hunting Supply. I'd also like to thank Coon Dogware, John Steber, and Lonesome Blue Kennels. Bill Schoeniger of Saddle Up Plots and Saddle Up Cryo. I'd like to thank Birchall Davis with AKC World Champion, Platinum Champion, Grand Knight Champion, Davis's Rosedale Frogger. I'd like to thank Bayou Legacy Game Calls with the Tree Shaker Coon Squaller. I'd like to thank Ringtails and Talltails, Hunting Dog Supply and Taxidermy. Also, don't forget, if you haven't already, make sure you check out my YouTube channel. Just type in Clayton Stark or Stark Outdoors. And it should bring it up and if you like this content my videos on youtube make sure you subscribe to my youtube channel and also hit the notification bell to be notified when new videos are posted you can also find me on facebook clayton stark stark outdoors you can like that page to see all the latest news announcements and photos and videos and all sorts of great stuff out there you can also find me on instagram at stark underscore outdoors and if you use TikTok, you can also find me on there at stark underscore outdoors and don't forget if you want to see behind the scenes footage live action as i'm making these videos and also early access to the podcast as well as make requests for video or podcast ideas check out my Patreon page. You can download the Patreon app or just go on the internet and go to patreon.com darkoutdoors and you can become a subscriber on there as well and get exclusive access to stuff. And I'm pretty active on there. I post almost every single day and try and interact with all of you as much as possible. So if you want to help support the channel and what I do and helping our sport grow, make sure you check that out as well. Now I won't hold you guys up any longer and we'll get into this interview here. I'm sitting here with Bertil Davis and as many of you know, he's the guy that owns Frogger and I'm stopping down his place today. He lives pretty close to me. I'm picking up a young dog from him. So I figured I'd just record a little podcast for you guys. that um, if you're not familiar with this dog, uh, make sure you go to my YouTube channel and look up Frogger and he also has a Facebook page. It's Davis's Rosedale Frogger. And he's done a lot of winning and chances are if you're listening to this, you've probably heard of him, but there might be some new people out there that will get exposed to him for the first time. So I just want to put that out there, but how are you doing today, Burschel? Doing good, Clayton. So, how did you get to own Frogger?
0: Um, my son owned uh, Frogger's mother, and we were in the process of uh, training her. She was about a year old. He was in a car accident, and it kind of put a halt to our coon hunting for a while. So, uh, actually, I sold her to Steve Burkholder, and... Uh, later on down the road we ended up getting her back from him and my good friends mark mcginn and his son little mark took her and made her a ukc night champion and a pkc champion for us and about that time uh fred bodenberg lost both of his females and he Mm. didn't he didn't have anything so uh we decided it'd be best if she went back to fred yeah and at that time, I told Fred, uh, if you ever breed her, because she was one of them to, that was, well, she's been bred, I think, four times, has eight pups on the ground. Mm. Just had a hard time yeah. getting pups out of her. I said, if you get pups out of her, you know, someday I'd like to have one. Yeah. So Fred came to my youngest daughter's graduation party, and we got to talking, and he said he had a litter of pups over there out of her. Just She had four, raised three of them. And uh, Kurt Seibert was getting a female and Fred was keeping a female and there was a male that Rob uh, Fry and Kenny Botton was supposed to get for a stud fee. And I said, boy, I'd sure like to have that male. And he said, let me make a phone call. And those guys said, sure, you know. So he came here and. Uh,
1: How did you, so you had him since he was a puppy. How did you go about raising him and training him?
0: We just left him run loose. He was just like a yard dog um he spent a lot of time on the porch with us just kind of the <laughs> companion we spoiled him to death and he didn't really have a dog house or nothing he slept on the lawnmower seat and <laughs> and uh then uh he started treeing cats i never you know i never fooled with him mm-hmm. never never put no hangs up or anything like that for him i just let him run loose he started treeing cats and decided it was time to put him in a pen put him in a pen and uh on his six month birthday told my wife i said i'm gonna walk that little devil out back and see what he'll do and he went in there and treated coon like an old dog (laughs) i thought "Uh (laughs) uh-oh
1: we got something here did he sound like that pup you got right now he sounded pretty good pretty good yep i imagined he probably did from yep he run a
0: run a track kind of made a circle back here through the woods and come in and three big old long locates (laughs) flipped it over and you know, a lot of pups, they first start treeing, You about got to run to him. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to run to him. Yeah. He was there. Had to the coon, just went to hunting him.
1: Do you remember what time of year that was?
0: It it would have been in October. Okay. But yeah, <laughs> it was. Uh, he was born April the twelfth, twenty eighteen. So it would have been no October the twelfth.
1: That's good timing then for yeah. a
0: pup. Yep i just took it easy on him night or two a week i'd never seen nothing like it i had a lot of pups start
1: early but not solid like him Mm -hmm. so he came on in october you said when if for people out there that don't live kind of in this region they might not know how bad the weather gets Mm -hmm. in december and january and february and sometimes march (laughs) Yep, it goes three or four months where there's a lot of coon here but it's hard getting tracks and usually Mm -hmm. snow and ice and they're denned up so what did you do with him did you keep hunting him when the weather was bad or how did you go about no that? i put him up
0: um to be honest with you he was tree and coon and just i mean he was nothing like i'd seen before and uh when the coon shut down a lot of people don't understand around here we got a lot of coon but it don't take anything for these coon to quit moving
1: mm-hmm.
0: and when they quit moving he decided he'd like to run some junk <laughs> and i thought you know, rather than breaking him, I don't hardly break one off of junk. I, I don't want to take the fire out of him. I just put him away. Yeah. Got him back out when the coom were moving, and we started to roll
1: again. That's that's a really good point you make, because I think a lot of people, a lot of the problems they have with dogs, it's more of what they're doing with the dog that mm-hmm. kind of puts them – they're not intentionally doing it, but the situations they put them in yep. kind of increases the odds of them doing something wrong, Yeah. and it just leads to – problems and headaches when you got a
0: natural like him a lot of a lot of people just can't help themselves they gotta <laughs> they gotta show him to everybody they gotta hunt him every night and that's the worst thing you can do you know you just i feel you gotta take them slow keep that fire burning in them mm-hmm. it's hard to yeah <laughs> it's hard if, to, i know what you mean
1: if i had i'd be hunting one like that about every night like, yeah it just it'd be it'd be hard to leave it sit in the pen yeah that's what you got to do especially like we said with the time of year it was like that plays a huge factor into it so then when did you start hunting him again oh
0: i'd hunt him here and there but uh it was april before i really got got in on him and started hunting him
1: hard um that's a really good time of year for pups
0: (laughs) yeah he was about i guess he would have been it might have been March. It hmm. might have been March, cause I don't think he was quite a year old. Um, he just he split treed one night. I I had another male dog off of uh, stylish Gatorade semen and and Frog's mother, and uh, he went in there and treed a coon. And that old frog was off running junk, and he come swinging by us, and I said, "Get out of here!" And next thing you know, he was four fifty in there treed and had a coon, and <laughs> and. I went in took care of business there, and then went back to just hunting him alone, and pretty much hunted him all summer alone. Um, it must have been, we were at the Ohio State Fair. My daughter was showing pigs so it had to be the end of July. We were down there, and my good friend Josh Johnson called. And he said, hey, why don't you let me take that pup and try to get his hunted one while you're gone. And I said, nah. I was pretty protective over him. And I got thinking about it and I thought, ah, hey, I might as well let him go do it. And They put him uh, in two double headers and he won three out of four rounds. <laughs> and that was the only hunts that I had him in. And I think I might have put him in a UKC hunt right before the Super Stakes just to kind of see where I stood. And I won that with him. And then took him down there to the been in september fall super stakes and i don't know how i did it but i doubled him up the first night (laughs) had to be a miracle for me to win and uh yeah we didn't do any good after that i come home hunted him pleasure hunted him a couple nights and felt really good about it he was looking good and i think when i left out there they'd got a rain and Mm -hmm. it was just perfect when I got back, it was about ninety degrees, and it was like a desert out there that yeah. night. And I knew I was—I just—I didn't have a good feeling. <laughs> yeah, got beat early Friday night and came back home.
1: Did you hunt them much with other dogs before that? Some,
0: um, you know, these whitey-bred dogs—you got to put them down with stuff, and you got to do some work because uh, they tend to uh, pout up on you if a dog trees a coon in front of them. We like to call it, uh, they like to circle the campfire. (laughs) They don't want a tree in there, but they don't want to get out of there. Yeah. So I had to work on him a little bit there. Um, Didn't take much for him. And, you know, when he started off, he was an outstanding strike dog. You couldn't get a strike on him. And when we started running the hunts, he figured out that if he kept his mouth shut, nothing would follow him around. (laughs) So he went from a hundred strike dog to a fifty or a twenty-five strike dog just just because he was he's sneaky, you mm-hmm. know. But yeah, I I hunted him
1: a fair bit, but probably eighty percent. So then you said after the super stakes, you brought him home, pleasure hunted him. Where did you kind of go from there? Well,
0: uh, me and Eric Pyatt, I'd known Eric before. I didn't really know him real well, but uh, I'd guided him. Out of defiance for the pro hunts and stuff that we used to have there, and back when he was hunting Homer, and we talked out the super stakes and uh we talked, and when I got home, Eric was on his way home from the super stakes, and uh he called, and we just got talking, he says, well, "What do you think about me taking and hunting that dog with the world hunt?" and I said, "Ah, oh, Lord of mercy, I said, he ain't enough dog, he ain't enough dog, to go out there and he said. I've heard he's a pretty good young dog, you know. And I said, "Well, I mean, if you want to hunt him, I said that's fine." I said, "But I know the caliber of dog you've always been packing." I said, "I don't know if I got what you're looking for." (laughs) And he said, "Well, let's try it." So I sent him. I think we had three weeks for the world hunt. I sent him out there or down there to him, and uh, he called me after a week of hunting him. He said, "Man, I can see why this dog is a winner." He said, he's solid, and that's just kind of where it went. He mm-hmm. took him to the world hunt. Never did double him up. He won two early rounds. Um, for his age, I mean, I think he was 17. I think he just turned 18 months old. Mm-hmm. And uh, for his age, he was right there knocking on the door. And Eric called me on the way home the world hunt. He said, well, what's your plans now? I said, I'm just going to hunt him. And he said, did you? Would you leave him with me and let me hunt him and I said, "Well, do you think he's good enough?" And he said he yeah, absolutely is good enough, so <laughs> so that's what we did
1: and then what what age did he win the world hunt?
0: um well, it would have been a year ago
1: so guess, October how so long he'd have been did three Eric, so he'd be three. How long did Eric have him before that
0: He kept him that winter and pretty much all through the next year there the only time i really brought him home was to collect him Mm -hmm. you know he i think he won that first year he hunted him he won 13 or fourteen thousand with him just piddling around and we didn't really hunt a lot of the big stuff Mm -hmm. and then uh i think that next winter he came home and i hunted him that winter then i sent him back to him and then he that's when he he made a good run at the nationals and went on and shoot I don't know he won I think he won 40 or 50 thousand that year Mm -hmm. I can't remember for sure but it had to be somewhere in there because this year we didn't do much I was wanting to back off and and look at retiring him which it was a hard decision but uh, the dog's got a lot of winning left in him you've seen Mm -hmm. that there ain't no change in him he's still got the heart and desire and the, the ability but so many of these good ones are getting killed. and I just I don't want to take that chance with him.
1: Yeah, yeah I mean he's already won a lot yep. of a lot of money and a lot of big hunts, and he's starting to show that he's reproducing. So yep. I mean, if if you were unsure of his ability to reproduce, that might be different. You might mm-hmm. want to hunt him more. But yep. now that you are starting to see young dogs out of him do so well, you really want to yeah play it safe. And
0: yeah, it's hard. It's hard because you know he's. You know, I got some pretty nice young dogs out of him. I don't know if they'll make what he did. Um, he might be a once in a lifetimer. He's definitely the best I've owned today. It's hard to retire him when they're no, yeah. when they're like that. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, it's hard to, uh, the way these hunts are, you know, it don't matter you pull that dog off a tree, you got a minute to walk it and recut it and man they could cross he's crossed a lot of roads in these hunts and stuff yeah. and he's been lucky and i don't know maybe i made the wrong choice i've got semen put up on him and stuff but
1: it's not like you have just won a couple like you've seen what he, you know what he yeah. can do yeah and you're obviously you're doing good by the dog because he's he's getting his name out there and he still gets to hunt and yeah he's starting like i said he's starting to show that he's reproducing some mm-hmm. good dogs and we'll get into more of his pops in a little bit but so that's kind of what you're doing with him now you still hunt him some don't you yep
0: yep i i about got him run over one night it was about twelve thirty, one o'clock in the morning on a gravel road and he was running a track out in the bean field i said that's it i ain't hunting him no more well that lasted a week or two and i <laughs> said you know i gotta i, I just gotta turn yeah. him loose so i try to hunt him once a week you know he's not hunted up but once a week he gets out yeah and uh he's still tree and coon
1: yeah yeah, for not being hunted up when I watched him go, he still looks like the fastest dog. Yeah, Unsn- like when you unsnap him, he just glides across the ground. Yeah. he's one of the fastest dogs I've seen go. <laughs> that's
0: that to me. That I mean, uh, that's why the dog wins. He's a yeah. hustler. Yeah, you he know, is. he's not a blow through the country, go a mile and a half, two miles. When you turn him loose, he out hustles everything, and he trees coons where you put him, and that's what I like. Where we're at here, mm-hmm. you know, we got a lot of. 15, 20 acre woods and, and, uh, you got to have them tree coon where you put them.
1: Yeah. I've noticed that too. And that's what I wish people understood the difference between a dog that'll blow through the country. Like that, just because a dog doesn't blow through the country doesn't mean it's not going to get treated mm-hmm. with a coon quickly. Yeah. Cause that's when I've, I've hunted with them at least three times now and I haven't seen him miss. And when, every time you unsnap snap him, he is sprinting 100 percent the yep. entire time until he gets treed
0: yeah that's kind of that's kind of in my opinion that's what sets him apart from a lot of them mm-hmm. you know he just, he's got more heart and drive than anything you ever see and
1: uh with brains too because there's, there's a lot of them that have a lot of heart and drive yep. that don't start hunting until they're a mile away yep. and they're focused yep. more on other dogs and then treeing a coon versus turning them loose and to me, he's just looking to get treed. Yeah. Like he's looking to find yeah. a coon as quickly as possible. And that's, for me, that's my favorite mm-hmm. type of dog to hunt because. Yeah. And some
0: you know. people think that, you know, he's probably a hot-nosed ambush style dog because no. he's always got a coon, but that ain't the case. He can, he can tree any kind of coon there is. And, you know, I mean, he'll bush one if he can, but he'll get down and grub one out and tree it too.
1: Yeah. Cause when I've hunted with him it, once in November, once in December and then once in January mm-hmm. in northern Ohio. Yeah. Where two of those three times there's ice and snow on the ground and he's still tree and coon. Yeah. So it's not like he's just like you said, ambushing yeah. him. He's got he's got a good nose too. Yeah. In my opinion, he's he's what I like the perfect dog. Yeah. For what I, I don't
0: like. I don't want a blue you know, I don't want a dog goes out there and strikes a weak old track and blue yeah. ticks around. I, I won't hunt a dog like that, but I won't hunt an ambusher either. Right. I I want one to tree comb where I put it, and the other thing I really like about him is uh, he don't just make up a tree. Mm -hmm. You know, some of these dogs, you cut them in the woods, and uh, you can pretty much look at your watch. Ten minutes, they can't find something. They're gonna they're gonna tree on an old stinky den or something. Yeah. He he will not do that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, I. That's. Probably my favorite thing about him is mm-hmm. he has so much heart and drive that he's going to find a coon. Yep. He's not going to worry about everything else. Like He's just a one-track mind.
0: Yeah, and Eric put such a good handle on him. that That's what I love. <laughs> you know, I don't care if I send him up in a place, and, and like I said, he ain't going to just go in there and tree on an old den. He goes out the backside, and I don't want him crossing that road. I drive around there. Frog, come on. he he dropped he'll be staying at your feet yeah and i won't take any credit for that eric did that
1: (laughs) (laughs) that makes it i mean pleasure hunting it doesn't matter i think that makes a big difference just in the dog's life in general because then it makes your job so much easier so Mm -hmm. then you're more focused on what the dog needs versus just trying to catch him (laughs) yeah there's a lot of dogs out there that they will go and they run really fast, but then they're just impossible to catch yep. unless they're treed, which then that goes back to some of them just make up trees. Yeah. Because of that, when did you first start breeding him?
0: When he was a just shy of 12 months old. I, I don't know. I, just, I, I guess I, I knew what I had. <laughs> so I took him to Dean Bitzel, and I collected him, and... I took him back to collect him again, and I had a female we called Girl Scout. She was off a stylish tank and a rock river cord female on the bottom. She was a real coon dog. And she was in heat, so I, when I took him back to collect him, the next time I had Dean just go ahead and AI her while mm-hmm. we were there. And that was his first litter. Three pups, she had three pups. One's the farmer dog, that I had. Uh, one's a fancy dog that uh, Shaq McCullough owns and Taylor Jones hunts for him. Farmer's now owned by uh, Cress Hardiman. I think uh, I'm not sure if he's in... The dog's in Tennessee, I believe. And then the other one uh, we called her Flirt. I heard she was in Tennessee too. Now, she was a little different type of dog than the other two. Farmer I kept as a pup, and he was, he started, I think he was six and a half months old. He split tree from his mom, and he was slicker a whistle. <laughs> Didn't have a thing. She, she was sitting over there with a the coon. And a couple, I don't know, he made a few more trees like that. It was basically jealous tree. And, and I thought, why am I? why am I wasting my time hunting with her? (laughs) So I just took him out by himself. Matter of fact, Dwayne Karras and uh, Fred Bodenberg, they called one night, see if I was hunting. It was about midnight, and I'd come home, and I'd switch dogs out. And I said, yeah. I said, all I got's a six-month-old pup with me right now. So uh, they told me where they was at, and I went over there, and Fred was hunting Frogger's sister. And uh, we cut them two up in there, and and. uh, that pup went up in there and got treed on an old shagbark hickory and had a coon. <laughs> and we shot that out to him and uh that would have been around Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah, around Christmas time. And from that night till the end of season, so it'd have been a little over a month, that pup treed forty four single Jeez. coon. I'm not talking, you know, he treated treed some dims too, but yeah. he treed forty four singles.
1: Yeah, that's well, like I said, where we live, if you're hunting that time of year, mm-hmm. if you're tree and coon, you got a you got a really good dog, because yep. the the tracking is hard and they're just not out, yeah. Like, you'll make a lot of den trees.
0: I hunted him some with his mom and some with some other dogs, and he was split all the time, and he was just a plum natural. I loved that pup. So I hunted him. I don't know. I guess I hunted him that next year then, and sent him down the following winter and Eric hunted him. And fancy, um, friend of mine Chris Jackman had got her and he'd let her run loose and she started treeing squirrels right away and <laughs> I don't know, we ended up with her back and another boy hunted her and and uh, you know he got her really cranking and I ended up, me and Eric ended up buying her and so Eric hunted. I brought Frog back home. Eric hunted Farmer and Fancy that winter. And uh, yeah, they both they both turned out real nice. We ended up, I guess I sold Farmer to Jim Fields and Greg Lewis in Tennessee then. And, and uh, we kept Fancy around. And then we ended up selling her to Shaq McCullough, I guess it had been a year ago, at the world hunt. And they went on this spring they done a bunch of winning with her, and she was leading the state of Missouri there for quite a while. Hmm. Still ended up pretty good in the standings. I think she won about fifteen, sixteen hundred 1,600 this year in open <laughs> hunts. So, yeah, that was his first letter. Flirt, I know she won 7,000 in, in a pro sport hunt. Oh. Alan Holding had her. And uh, like I said, I don't know where she went now. I heard she went to Tennessee, but she was a little different style dog. Fancy and farmer, they were dead loners. Um absolutely have a coon when they treed I don't care. When they parked it was over and then they had a coon. Flirt, she was kind of a more of a scorecard type dog. She'd split, <laughs> she'd get some of yours. She was wild and crazy. Um she got kind of passed around as a pub. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I don't know, but she I hunted with her a few times and she made a pretty nice dog, just a little different style. Yeah. You know.
1: That's it's hard telling because it's it, you'd be able to narrow down if it was more her versus people because some I mean if they'd been with three or four people over yeah. different states you, you don't know what exactly yeah. happened yeah or how they were hunted you know what I mean there's just yeah. so many different variables it's hard to say but that's pretty good though that that out of his first litter that mm-hmm. <laughs> they all turned out to be pretty good dogs so what do you, what all young dogs do you have off him right now
0: um. Well, it's hard telling. I got dogs <laughs> scattered all over. I got uh got a young male dog off of off of him and Scott Morris's bushwhacking Montana female. She's directly out of Bushwhacker and Bodenburg bred on the bottom. Goes back to the bell dog Jason Baker and Mark Antrim's got got him. I got uh final four which would be a litter mate sister to him. That was a really good cross of dogs. Uh, There's 11 of them in that litter. Johnny Watkins bought half of her from me. He keeps her over there in Indiana. I've got the Poker Face pup. He's off of uh, Jay Miller's Wax Star, which she was the national champion, national leader female in PKC in 21.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: He's just turned six months old. I've got a male pup the same age, out of Eddie Gottfried's Firefly. A good friend of mine, Jerry Lewis, he starts some pups and stuff. He's got him down here in Bainbridge, Ohio. Got the style dog, he's off of Randy Lawson's uh, Hillbilly's Gray Lady, which she's off of Hillbilly Deluxe. Style's a nice pup, got a good mouth, good tree dog. Um, He's just 10 months old. That's the one you're taking home today. <laughs> um, I think that's it.
1: And that, for those of you out there that have watched that video I posted recently in my last podcast, that six-month-old pup he's talking about out of Star, that poker face, that's that really loud pup that I posted earlier, if you're wondering. Do you have... have do you have any uh females bred and anything coming up
0: yeah i got a night champion female out of mojo she's uh off of mojo and every dog on the bottom side's wipeout her mother is directly out of zeb three um kind of interesting to see how that'll you -hmm. know when you're breeding these dogs you don't know what you're going to get but uh kind of curious see the the mojo dogs are crossing really good on frog um the wipeout stuff we're gonna see yeah. we're gonna see if they want to run too much or if, or if there's i think there'll be plenty of tree there Yeah. No. got her bread she's due around christmas got a little female i call babe me and scott morris from middletown ohio own her together she is all grand track rat bread be honest with you i can't remember what else is in her pedigree um She's a nice female, action packed. Get in there quick. I I I see great things happening from that cross. Yeah. Could be could be dead wrong. Might not be worth a plug nickel, but
1: <laughs> But you're giving yourself good odds b- yeah. making good cr- you're not just breeding everything and anything. You're I guess on the bottom side
0: she's out of wild cards buddy. She's got some mojo and yeah. That's how she's bred on the bottom side. I like that female good friend of mine Brent Brown down in convoy, Ohio him and his brother had her and Brent's brother passed away and and I ended up buying her and she's uh Brent called her the vacuum sweeper. <laughs> she just tree them old coon so I don't breed any. I won't breed a female. It's just an old brood female off of a yeah. pedigree. And, and I know it works. I know some guys do it. But when I go into it, I want to know I'm hunting something out, yeah. of, out of a nice female.
1: Yeah, I mean, and I'm
0: no breeder. You know what I mean? I, I leave most of that to Fred Bodenberg. He, <laughs> he he kind of tells me what he thinks crosses will make or whatever. Yeah. And I, I've listened to him a lot over the years and paid attention to what he does. Um. But i see a good female i think she's gonna cross on him i'll buy it and make that cross and because you know everybody wants to put all this focus just like on frog you know on his page and stuff people man he's a reproducer and he is um from what i'm seeing it doesn't matter what you breed to him he's throwing coon Mm treers but that female's got a lot to do with it you can't give him all the credit um too many people do that you Mm -hmm. know they think, well, that male dog are gonna breed this. If you think you're gonna take a junk female and breed to him and come <laughs> up with the the world's greatest, it yeah. may happen, but it there's a good chance it won't. Good chance you're gonna get, you know, some, some of your female's yeah. characteristics too. He's do, he's pretty dominant in 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 mouth, hunt style, and having them coon in them trees. From what I see, out of these pups they're they're pretty darn accurate.
1: Have you noticed since you've been breeding them a decent amount now? Not a lot, but you're finally starting to get some females in there. Have you noticed that any bloodline that crosses better than others? Well, not really, because
0: early? you know, like the the Scott Morris's female, she's off a of Bushwhacker. That litter there, there, there was a lot of them pups. Um, I really like what I see. Now, some of them, the trees come in kind of late in them. Um, some of them, you know, like this famed dog out here, Terry Shear had him treeing coons, I mean, at a young age. But Terry messes with them a lot. He's mm-hmm. great with pups. Um, some of them just seemed like they was 10, 11 months old before they really wanted to look up. But when they look up, they got a coon.
1: Yeah.
0: And – To me, it doesn't matter if they're five months old, eight months old, 12 months old. It doesn't matter. Yeah. You know, the end results what you're after. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we got, for example, my buddy Scott Morris has a young dog he calls Turbo. We got him off of John B. Bout, which you know from Decatur. John bought him as a pup. John's an older fella and realized he couldn't handle him. I can't remember when we got him back. He was probably, shoot, I don't know, 11, 12 months old. Mm-hmm. Good friend of mine, Tim Sproul, went to hunting him, you know. I mean, hunted him in the ground for a month. <laughs> and towards the end of the month, he finally started treeing. You know, he wanted to run junk, <laughs> this and that. Um, Now, I mean... Like that first week of season, I think it was first 19 trees he made. He had 19 coon. Yeah. You know, he's a strike dog. He's a track dog. Um, some of them just put it together later. Yeah. Now my final four female. She started early. I mean, all these dogs will start early. You know, but some of them the tree comes later. Oh, four she'd get out there, run the hair off a coon out in the corn. Drive it you know mm-hmm. i mean run run to catch come in the woods you knew when it climbed she was done yeah <laughs> and uh the funny thing was you take her out daytime she'd tree a squirrel mm-hmm. a couple guys said well she's watching them go up i said no she's not i watch her trailer mm-hmm. you know um but she was i sent her to jerry lewis there in bainbridge ohio he's eric introduced me to him he's a real good dog man um, we've become really good friends, and and he's helping me out a lot with these young dogs. And uh, Jerry had asked me if I had any pups. I said, buddy, i got one as a challenge. I said, she's a strike dog, and she can flat out drive a track. I said, but I can't get her to look up. I told him, I said, in the daytime she will, but at night. And he took her down there, and uh, of course, where he lives, there ain't a lot of coon. Yeah. You know, it's rough, it's hilly. Yeah. It didn't take him too long. I mean, it was in winter wintertime. Weather was bad, and she it wasn't long. She was seven, 800 <laughs> in there, set and treed. And uh, gosh, she made one of the better pups that I've, I've ever hunted. I love that dog. I didn't yeah. want to sell her, but uh, Johnny was a good guy to partner up with her because he'll put her out there. So, you know, some of them, we bred a mojo female she was actually a granddaughter to mojo she was too much tree dog Mm -hmm. but that's why i wanted to try that and uh got some really nice pups out of that um natural tree dogs at five six months old i had a male pup here i sold him to terry Colder. five months old he'd be sitting sitting down the lane there on one of them big oaks tree (laughs) and uh, i'd get him off of it bring him back up to the house and We'd sit on the porch and pet him, and as soon as we'd let go of him, he's back out there treat again. <laughs> Had to pick him up and carry him to the kennel, you know. I mean, it just, some of them, that tree comes to them early. Mm-hmm. Some of them, it comes later. Just, you, you never know when you make a cross.
1: Uh, one thing, I have hunted about a, probably a dozen puffs off of him, all from different females. And I talked to you on the phone about this some, but the one thing I'm noticing, like, it doesn't matter what the bloodline of the female has been. They all have a certain look about them. Mm-hmm. They all have a, just, I don't know. I've never seen a dog put so much into, yeah. usually it's a pretty even mix, but like the dogs out of him, they all have that certain look and they all have that certain yep. sound. Yeah.
0: Like, that's, that's two things. He's absolutely dominate on his looks and mouth. Mm-hmm. Um, We've bred some females that we thought, boy, we're going to get a lot of white-faced pups and mm-hmm. stuff, and it just don't happen, you know. Yeah. And I know some guys want that. I don't, Me personally, I don't care if they're purple. I don't <laughs> care what they look like. I want one that looks like a hound. Yeah. But uh, that's, I don't know, that's way down on my priority Well, list that's a good point. The it's, color, you know.
1: You used to hunt English dogs, yep. too. So, I mean, it's not yep. like you've been stuck on one. Like, you're mm-hmm. out for the best coon dog is what yep. you want.
0: I want to build. I want to look at coons when I walk to them trees. I don't, you know. So yeah, but we've, as far as the mouth goes, um, bred a couple females that pretty sorry mouth females. They were coon dogs, but uh, you know they get in there five six hundred. You're straining to hear them. Mm -hmm. I thought this this will be the challenge, and pups come out good mouth.
1: Yeah, that poker face pup. I in the pictures and videos I took of him. It's it's hard to tell him and Frogger yeah. apart, especially yeah. you got the same color collars on them, yep. and they're both treeing the same. Yep. It's like he, like, clone. It's not even just like he has pups. They, some of them look like they're clones yeah. of him.
0: Yeah, Poker Face, uh, you know, who knows? Yeah. He might not make anything worth a quarter, but right now it's sure looking good. Yeah. Yeah, I like that pup.
1: Are you planning on doing any more competition with any of these dogs, or are you just kind of... Oh, yeah. Yeah, the... What's your next one?
0: Um, probably come out in the spring with the fame dog. You know, I'd like to get his money won on him and uh, see where we can go with him. He's, I really like that dog. Um, pretty solid, big mouth on him. Good. Uh, he, he stays away from everything and seems to have him coon, you know. He's looked really good this season so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Terry Shear had that pup put a lot of hunting on him last winter sold him to my good buddy randy lawson and uh randy he's a logger Mm -hmm. and he's working away from home a lot and the dog was just sitting and i'd been trying to buy him and of course randy likes him he didn't want to part (laughs) with him and i finally got him away from him so i want to take and uh try to push him um Johnny's gonna push old final four, and uh we're gonna to try to i i think final four um we didn't do a lot with her this year you know got her money won for the super stakes she come in into heat a week mm-hmm. for the super stakes um, <laughs> of course <laughs> hunted her at the world <laughs> hunt, won a couple earlys with her um she's a winner yeah that dog's gonna win she won about a thousand dollars um in just a you know. Very limited hunting, mm-hmm. I had the first lady dog here eric had Eric had uh put a lot of time into her um, just sold her to gagewood and and byron walker I believe his last name is Walker out there in Iowa. I really liked that female i was that's kind of the one I was gonna get behind and push, but you know I always try to keep pups coming and you got to sell them yeah. you know eventually when you when you see something else coming you just you just gotta cut ties and make your money on them and yeah. you know that's I, a I'm,
1: good it's a good problem to have if it, you're yeah if you're getting so many dogs that deserve to be hunted yep. and they're doing well that's what you got to do yep. otherwise you're not giving them a fair chance yep. you're just going to sit in your pen when someone else could be out there winning with them Yep.
0: Yep, that's for sure um i always try to keep a couple running loose here mm-hmm. and got one or two we're hunting um which i want to mention i you know i got eric he's not hunting anything right now but yeah. he, he will be uh bill fetterkey from evansport ohio over here bill has done a lot for me bill is a coon hunter and he he don't sugarcoat things <laughs> He he tells you the way it is and yeah, I appreciate that and then of course you know I've mentioned Jerry Lewis. Jerry's a great dog man. I'm, he told me he called me here a couple weeks ago and he's got the one out of Firefly. Um, I really like that pup <laughs> and you know I told told Jerry I said go ahead and take him down there and when, when you tell me he's ready when he's solid because Jerry's one of them guys he likes fooling with pups and when they're solid he gets bored mm-hmm. and when that happens he'll come home here and and we'll roll on with him, but, uh, uh, between Eric and Jerry and Bill, Scott Morris helps me out a lot. Um, he hunts with me quite a bit, even though he lives down around Dayton, he comes up hmm. here and, uh, without those guys, boy, it'd be tough to do anything, but, no. but that's what I, you know, keep pups around and, and let them run loose here. And then I try to get them started and then I start sending them off to other places. And, and, uh, keep something here for myself to hunt and then my main goal is to get them in the hands of people that will promote them mm-hmm. you know because um, i can't you know i mean right. I, I can take and promote one or two of them with the help of these guys but uh i try to get them to places that'll that'll put them out there yeah that that's the goal
1: that that's a good point because a lot of people they don't consider that because, I mean, they might have some good ones, but you've lately you've been getting a lot of really good young dogs. Mm-hmm. So, yep. I mean, if you give them a fair chance to get their name out there, yep. that's what you got to do.
0: And the way I look at it, you know, I've had guys say, well, I can't believe you sold lady or I can't believe you sold four. And I feel if you got one that's reproducing, there'll be more coming. Yeah.
1: <laughs> if he's
0: not doing his job, I'll run out. Yeah. right now he's doing his job
1: do you have anything else you want to add
0: no not really i guess that's about all i got
1: that's all i can think of i appreciate
0: you coming over here and i i appreciate you being a big fan of frogger yeah Um, it's
1: easy to be a fan of him when he does does what he does (laughs) now he's
0: not perfect i'll tell you that right now he can test you yeah but uh he's he's a lot of fun you know people think it Like I mean, you see, I hunt poker face with him and stuff. People think, man, you got a platinum champion, grand night, world champion there. You know, they get rough on you and this and that. Them pups don't bother him none, and he don't bother them. And it's just, it's fun. Yeah. So. All
1: right. Well, thanks for doing this. Thank you, buddy. Yep. Well, that was a great interview, and I really enjoyed sitting down with Bertral and hearing the story of Frogger and some of his pups. I really look forward to hunting that young dog I got from him, and I also look forward to getting a puppy from him in the future as well. I hope you guys are enjoying this content, and don't forget, if you want to enter to be in my Christmas special that premieres on Christmas Day, make sure you get those photos submitted to me. That way, I can put them in the video. And as always, thank you guys for your support, and I really hope you enjoyed this, and I'll talk to you next time. You ended up treeing seven-tenths of a mile had my light on coming in, and he had another coon, so I turned him loose three times, he had three coons. <laughs>